Good morning, I'm Pastor Gillespie from St. John Evangelical Lutheran Church and Schools, Sherman Center, Random Lake, Wisconsin. It's good to have you with us here this morning for the Congregation of Prayer, Guide for Daily Meditation and Prayer uh, Around God's Word. It's, uh, it is, oh yes, Friday, September 22nd, 2023, and um, our prayer today will focus on the unauthorized prayer or fire on how you want to understand that, of Aaron's sons, uh, Nadab and Abihu. Uh, This is an important distinction for us to make as Christians even, is to recognize that it is not uh, either good or safe to go outside of what God has instituted and commanded, um, or to go against what God has instituted and commanded, or to uh, do what God has forbidden. Of course, as Christians, we know that there is a whole other category of things that God has neither commanded nor forbidden, which we are free to engage in, um, insofar as they, as it benefits the faith. Uh, and so Paul d- deals at length with that. Um, we're not going to look at it today, so I'll just mention it now in saying, like with uh, meat sacrificed to idols would be a good example. Um, are we free as Christians to eat it? Of course. Um, but if it's going to cause unnecessary offense uh, to our brother or sister, then it is probably uh, worth omitting. All right. Um, Don mentioned last evening that for him, Facebook was glitchy and YouTube was not. I see Karen is on Facebook. She checked in. Uh, Any of you watching uh, on Facebook, either live or later in the day, uh, do let me know if you're um, having that sort of uh, experience because there may be a correction that can be made to um, make it a little stream a little bit better for you. Don, it might be worth checking because I did make one change of setting uh, that should make it a little bit better, and there's still yet another adjustment I could make. All right. So, I think with that we can begin. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. All right. And let's pray our psalm for the week, Psalm 86. And again, as we heard yesterday, this is Think of this as a psalm of Christ, and then, of course, of you, as you are in Christ as well. Incline your ear, O Lord, and answer me, for I am poor and needy. Preserve my life, for I am godly. Save your servant who trusts in you, you are my God. Be gracious to me, O Lord, for to you do I cry all the day. Gladden the soul of your servant, for to you, O Lord, do I lift up my soul. For you, O Lord, are good and forgiving, abounding, in steadfast love to all who call upon you. Give ear, O Lord, to my prayer. Listen to my plea for grace. In the day of my trouble I call upon you, for you answer me. There is none like you among the gods, O Lord, nor are there any works like yours. All the nations you have made shall come and worship before you, O Lord, and shall glorify your name. For you are great and do wondrous things. You alone are God. Teach me your way, O Lord, that I may walk in your truth. Unite my heart fear your name. I give thanks to you, O Lord my God, with my whole heart, and I will glorify your name forever. 
For great is your steadfast love toward me. You have delivered my soul from the depths of Sheol. O God, insolent men have risen up against me. A band of ruthless men seek my life, and they do not set you before them. But you, O Lord, are a God merciful and gracious, slow to anger, and abounding in steadfast love and faithfulness. Turn to me and be gracious to me. Give your servant our strength to your servant, and save the son of your maidservant. Show me a sign of your favor, that those who hate me may see and be put to shame, because you, Lord, have helped me and comforted me. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. Okay, let's make one more change there. All right. Our memory verse for the week we say together. A man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. So then they are no longer two, but one flesh. Therefore, what God has joined together, let not man separate. Mark 10, verses 7 through 9. Catechism, fifth commandment, you shall not murder. What does this mean? We should fear and love God so that we do not hurt or harm our neighbor in his body, but help and support him in every physical need. Sixth commandment, you shall not commit adultery. What does this mean? We should fear and love God so that we lead a sexually pure and decent life in what we say and do, and husband and wife love and honor each other. Beautiful. So God protects both body um, and the life of of family, of marriage and family. Okay, Uh, we've been hearing about how Christ Jesus is of a different um, category when it comes to his priesthood as high priest, after the order of Melchizedek, not after the order of Aaron. Right? And this, of course, is set in sharp relief against what we'll hear about Aaron's sons today as well. So, continuing in Hebrews chapter 7, now in verse 20. And inasmuch as he was not made priest without an oath, for they have become priests without an oath, But he, with an oath by him who said of him, The Lord has sworn and will not relent, you are a priest forever, according to the order of Melchizedek. By so much more, Jesus has become a surety of a better covenant. Also, there were many priests because they were prevented by death from continuing. But he, because he continues forever, has an unchangeable priesthood. Therefore, he is also able to save the uttermost those who come to God through him, since he always lives to make intercession for them. For such a high priest was fitting for us, who is holy, harmless, undefiled, separate from sinners, and has become higher than the heavens, who does not need daily as those high priests to offer up sacrifices, first for his own sins and then for the people's. For this he did once for all when he offered up himself. For the law appoints as high priests men who have weakness, but the word of the oath, which came after the law, appoints the Son who has been perfected forever. So a little bit different argument than St. Paul makes about the relation of law and gospel, um, because here, when he refers to law and oath, oath, he doesn't exactly mean gospel. He means the oath that was sworn to David um, and David, and then quoted in the Psalm, Psalm 110, right? So um, the oath promised to David came after the law, and there is another way of saying it's categorically different than the Aaronic priesthood. The Aaronic priesthood was, of course, set up um, to show the futility of um, um, of sacrifice, okay? Now, that's an interesting kind of uh, assertion, I suppose. It isn't to say that God um, doesn't appreciate or, or is pleased with our sacrifices, uh, 
I would say in particular those given in love for the neighbor, right, where we live a sacrificial life, a life under the cross, for the benefit of the faith and love of our neighbor, okay? But it does not save us. Um, and as he points out here, it's daily. Um, and also, our sacrifices need to be atoned for as well, not only um, not only our sins, but the sins uh, of those for whom we, we care for, right? And only in Christ is it once and for all forgiven, to the uttermost, it said, those who come to God through him. Right. So it's of a different category and has also a different effect. Um, we've talked about this in, a, in literary terms before when we talk about typology or tupos in Greek. So a type of thing is kind of a shadow or a, um, yeah, a sh- the shadow isn't the thing itself, but it does indicate the shape of the thing, right? So in that sense, the Aaronic priesthood is a shadow of the things that are to come. They show us the roughly the shape of what Christ's priesthood is like. That is, he suffers and dies for the forgiveness of the sin of sins of the world. He sheds his blood, um, but they don't show us the thing itself. That has to be revealed. If that makes sense. Right? So again, of two different categories, even though um, there are things in common, which of course is true for Christian worship as well, which we're going to talk about as we hear of the type and shat- or the type or shadow of Christian worship here with uh, the priestly service of Nadab and Abihu, or lack thereof. All right. Then Nadab and Abihu, sons of Aaron, each took his censer and put fire in it and put incense on it and offered profane fire before the Lord, which he had not commanded them. So fire went out from the Lord and devoured them, and they died before the Lord. The end. (laughs) And Moses said to Aaron, This is what the Lord spoke, saying, By those who come near me, I must be regarded as holy. And before all the people, I must be glorified. So Aaron held his peace. Then Moses called Mishael and Elzaphan, the sons of Uziel, the uncle of Aaron, and said to them, Come near, carry your brethren from before the sanctuary out of the camp. So they went near and carried them by their tunics out of the camp, as Moses had said. And Moses said to Aaron and to Eleazar and Ithamar, his sons, Do not cover your heads nor tear your clothes, lest you die and wrath come upon all the people. But let your brethren, the whole house of Israel, bewail the burning which the Lord has kindled. You shall not go out from the door of the tabernacle of meeting, lest you die, for the anointing oil of the Lord is upon you. And they did according to the word of Moses. And there's the distinction. Okay? So, uh, first, a censer. Um, probably most of you aren't too familiar with this. I, I think uh, Chris, who's in the chat there on YouTube, is because uh, we had a censer in my congregation in Indiana that was given by one of our members. Um, and I would use that relatively infrequently, usually for like evening services during Advent and Lent, um, to censor um, the room. So you'd smell the, smell the sweet smell of the incense. Um, I haven't introduced it here, um, not for any particular reason, only, um, you know, ultimately just waiting for someone to say, hey, pastor, could we could we use incense once and see what it's like? And they're like, sure, let's do it. But, but regardless, um, a censer is a bowl or a dish that's used for carrying the coals uh, for burning incense. It's usually on a chain and often with a lid that has holes in it so that uh, oxygen can get and keep the fire lit. All right. Uh, which two sons of Aaron are mentioned then? We had four back when we were on the mountain with the elders, uh, but here are two, Nadab and Abihu. Nadab and Abihu. Um, and it says that they offered profane fire, that is unauthorized fire before the Lord. All right. The fire is attached to the prayers. So um, this means that God had not given them authority to pray in that way and at that time. Okay, So this is key. Uh, they were to, we just heard it yesterday, 
just with Aaron, is to do according to the word of the Lord spoken by Moses, right? When he instituted all the priestly rites and sacrifices and um, orders of the day and season, all right? And thus, it was wrong. It was not according to the word of the Lord. Uh, it was actually contrary to the word of the Lord. And thus, um, fire came out from before the Lord and devoured them. Uh, maybe out of the pillar of fire and cloud, uh, perhaps from uh, the altar of uh, burnt, ins- uh, burnt offering, um, or maybe just out of a cloud uh, or out of heaven. Sometimes you'll see it with lightning, right? There's different kind of ways to think about it, but the fire came from the Lord and devoured them. This uh, connects us back to what we read yesterday in Leviticus 9. And uh, again, I'll just share that with you for a recap. It was right at the end of the chapter. All right, Aaron lifted his hand toward the people and blessed them and came down from the offering Uh, the sin offering, the burnt offering, and the peace offerings. And Moses and Aaron went into the tabernacle of meeting and came out and blessed the people. Then the glory of the Lord appeared to all the people and fire came out before the Lord and consumed the burnt offering and the fat on the altar. When the people saw it, they shouted and fell on their faces. Right? So not the first time this has happened. Uh, In that case, though, Moses and Aaron were unharmed by the fire of the Lord when they offered the sacrifice according to the word of the Lord. There's the key. Nadab and Abihu offered the wrong sacrifice at the wrong time. It doesn't exactly say why, maybe in the wrong way, and perished then in the fire. All right. So uh, I am a holy God, right? I am regarded as holy. I must be glorified. Right? You have no access to me except through the means that I give you. That's what that's what God's saying here. Of course, who has to be the one to approach the Father um, that we all may be honored in, or that we He may be honored in the sight of all people. Yeah, that will ultimately be Jesus, who is the one who will approach the Father and then be honored in the sight of all the people. All right, uh, Moses calls two men to carry away the bodies. These are Mishael and Elzaphan, sons of Aaron's uncle. So these would be cousins, right, of Nadab and Abihu. All right, and they are to carry them out. Notice in their cloaks, um, so that they do not... Well, we'll get to that in a minute. Well, no, I don't think I'm going to... Yeah, this is a good time. Uh, they can't touch the dead bodies, right? That would render them unclean and unfit for service in the tabernacle, at least for a time. We see a similar judgment happen um, in the New Testament of those called to be his priests, that is, um, according to uh, the priesthood of all the saints, in Acts chapter 5, when they offer um, before God God, um, a sacrifice, they say, but um, but lied about about it. And uh, of course, St. Peter, by the Spirit, discerns um, that they've lied to the Lord. Um, That would be Ananias and Sapphira. Ananias and Sapphira both struck down dead immediately when it is revealed to them. Right, so we want a parallel to this account: Nadab and Abihu, Acts five, Ananias and Sapphira. You can compare the two, Old Testament, New Testament. Right, so uh, this would be important to note: is that God um, still that this this command is still in place that we not um, use the things that He has instituted in an unauthorized way. Right? We want to be quite uh, aware of that. This is well. Anyway, it's probably enough on that. We have two more sons of um, Aaron remaining, Eleazar and Ithamar, right? Who had also gone up on the mountain with the elders, if you remember. Um, note that Eleazar and Ithamar are told not to grieve, which is very interesting. Not to cover, uncover their heads or tear their clothes. This is their, uh, I would suggest, is the way that they were to confess that only those who walk by the word of the Lord will be saved. They were not to mourn those who had rebelled against God's word um, that gives life, right? And by rebelling, they had lost the source of life that is God. What would happen if Aaron and his sons went into mourning? Uh, they would die. This reminds me of, uh, in the New Testament, Jesus 
um, says that we must leave behind uh, mother and father, um, son or daughter, wife, um, for his sake and for the gospel, right? Um, or what's the other statement he says? Um, leave the dead to, to bury the dead, right? Uh, it's, it seems tragic that we would, it's not a sense of abandon, but we, I mean, we always are grieving the loss of this world and the loss of faith. Um, and uh, the, the reason why that is because we care about these people, of course, but it is the Lord's doing as was the death of Nadab and Abihu. And uh, that's a terrible judgment to hear, but uh, don't cry for me, Argentina, as Madonna sang <laughs> back in the day. Right? This is necessary. Mm. So then uh, the whole community would then suffer because Aaron and his sons were the intercessors of the people. So again, don't grieve for, for your brothers, your sons, um, because then you too will be cast out from priestly service and the whole nation would suffer. Aaron and his sons were to remain in their priestly office at the door of the tabernacle. That's what that means. Don't go out from the door of the tabernacle. It means continue um, serving because you have been anointed with the anointing oil, the Lord's anointing oil. That is, you have been set apart or ordained um, by Christ, ultimately, the anointed one who stands at the door of the Father. Right? They've been set apart by God for his good use. Um, leave the dead to bury the dead. Whew, what a hard word to hear. But... Um, the forgiveness of sins must be proclaimed in, ultimately in Jesus' name and here attached to the sacrifices that prefigure Christ. Hard reading, yeah? The fire of God's anger cannot be quenched by offering our own sacrifices. Think Cain, right? Even though the sons of Aaron were priests, they were not the high priest appointed to offer the sacrifice, nor could they substitute their fire for the fire which God sent forth from his presence. God appointed that his holiness would be revealed through those who came near to him, but only those through whom he chose. So now there is only one high priest, Christ, Jesus Christ, the righteous one, through whom the true holiness of God is revealed. Only he might be the sacrifice consumed by the fire which came forth from his father's presence. He is the one anointed by his father to bear the sins of the world in his death upon the cross. Anyone who brings his own fire to offer his own sacrifice cannot atone for his sin and must surely die. As Nadab and Abihu perished under God's fire, so also those pastors who proclaim a gospel other than that of the righteousness of Christ will be consumed. They are not to be mourned by the preachers of the gospel for their words and deeds bring death to themselves as well as the, to those who have heard and believed them. Okay, let's sing our hymn for the week, uh, which we'll actually sing on Monday too at the, uh, the funeral for Kelsey. So uh, the family uh, resonated with that idea. And uh, so they're going to get to hear it sung by the children and um, and we'll get to sing it together in our funeral as well. All right. Me knows my need. Oh, 
finds me, loves me every day the same, even calls me by my name. Day by day at home away, Jesus is my staff and say, When I hunger, Jesus feeds me, into pleasant pastures leads me, when I thirst he bids me go, where the quiet waters flow. Who so happy as I am, even now the shepherd's lamb, and when my short life is ended, by his angel host attended, he shall fold me to his breast, there within his arms to rest. Oh, we do have a commemoration today. Today we commemorate, we remember, uh, or the whole church remembers and thanks God for his servant, the prophet Jonah. Jonah, the son of Amittai, was a prophet from Gath-Hepher, uh, 2 Kings 14, about an hour's walk from Nazareth in the northern kingdom. He ministered, apparently, in the days of Jeroboam II at the time King Uzziah reigned in Judah. Thus, he was a contemporary of Isaiah who prophesied in the southern kingdom. Jonah is chiefly remembered for the commission he received to call Nineveh, the capital of the Assyrian Empire, to repentance. He ran from this call, taking a ship in the opposite direction into the Mediterranean. God, however, caused a great storm to arise. The sailors, by casting lots, determined that the storm was due to Jonah's, sail- uh, Jonah's presence. He finally confessed himself to be a disobedient prophet of the Lord of all creation and told them the sea would grow calm if they threw him into the sea. They strove to find another way, but finally threw him overboard, praying God for forgiveness. Immediately the sea grew calm, and a great fish swallowed Jonah. There in the belly of the fish, Jonah repented and prayed, and the Lord heard and answered. The fish disgorged the prophet near the land, and he went his reluctant way. When Jonah arrived in Nineveh, he proclaimed its imminent destruction. The people, hearing and heeding the prophetic warning, repented. Even the king joined in the fast, begging that this temporal punishment might be averted. God heard and relented. This angered the prophet a great deal. He wanted God to punish Nineveh and her people. As the prophet sulked outside the great city, God caused a plant to grow up overnight that shaded the prophet from the heat, but then he also caused it to be attacked by a worm and die. Jonah was very angry. God asked the prophet if he had a right to be angry. It was only a plant, after all, but Nineveh was a great city filled with people who were ignorant of the Lord's ways. God asked if it wasn't right that he have mercy upon them and their cattle. In the New Testament, Jesus refers to the sign of Jonah as a portending, as portending his resurrection. As Jonah was three days in the belly of the fish, so the Son of Man would be three days in the belly of the earth. This picture uh, prophecy, picture prophecy, yeah, is all the more striking if Jonah, in fact, died in the fish and then was raised from the dead and sent on his mission of proclaiming repentance. Mm-hmm. Jesus also specifically mentions the people of Nineveh repenting at the preaching of Jonah, promising them an easier time in the judgment than the cities where he long labored and yet did not repent. All right, we pray. Lord God, Heavenly Father, through the prophet Jonah, you continued the prophetic pattern of teaching your people the true faith 
and demonstrating through miracles your presence in creation to heal it of its brokenness. Grant that your church may see in your Son, our Lord Jesus Christ, the final end times prophet, whose teaching and miracles continue in your church through the healing medicine of the gospel and sacraments. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Prayer colic for the week. O Lord, we implore you, let your continual pity cleanse and defend your church. And because she cannot continue in safety without your aid, preserve her evermore by your help and goodness. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Pray today for the preaching of the Holy Cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, for it spread throughout the whole world, for the persecuted and for the sick and dying. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord have mercy. Pray today in Thanksgiving with Jed and Rebecca celebrating their anniversary. To all the households of our church, especially Tom, Dale, and Pam, Stephen and Morgan, Aaron, Chad and Jolene, Dennis, our catechumens, all those who are ill, receiving treatment or recovering, especially Pam, Joe, Dennis, Naomi, Christopher, Sophie, Brad, and Ron, Doug, Bev, Donna, and Joan, Jim, Pat, Wendell, Darlene, and we continue to pray for District President Willie. Pray for our homebound. We pray for all the missions and mercy work of the church, especially the Federowitz families. Pray an intercession um, of thanksgiving for Marcy, uh, for the gift of healing, and also for students and teachers returning to class. Continue to pray with the family and friends of Kelsey who grieve her death. Funeral Monday at 5 p.m. I encourage you to come. Uh, and also uh, with Matt and Vicki uh, who grieve um, the death of a child to their eldest, Madeline. For all this, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. I thank you, my heavenly Father, through Jesus Christ, your dear Son, that you have kept me this night from all harm and danger, and I pray that you would keep me this day also from sin and every evil, that all my doings in life may please you. For into your hands I commend myself, my body and soul and all things. Let your holy angel be with me, that the evil foe may have no power over me. Amen. Let us bless the Lord. Thanks be to God. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen. That's the Congregation of Prayer for today, Friday, September 22nd, 2023. It's good to have you with us here, all um, members and friends, those who have joined us. You can join us again tomorrow, 9 a.m., and we'll continue to pray together. Uh, tomorrow, in preparation for the Divine Service on Sunday. Uh, by the way, Sunday and Monday are going to sound very similar. And uh, Sunday, we're calling uh, the Sunday of the Widow at Nain, but um, we could say Sunday... Um, of the Christian funeral, because you'll find that the widow at Nain is grieving, of course, the death of her son. And uh, so our service on Sunday will actually, is, is a prototype to show you how you might actually um, proclaim the resurrection in the midst of grief um, in your Christian funeral. So uh, we'll pay attention to that on Sunday. All right. God be with you all, and I hope to see you again in the morning. Oh, and one more thing. If you're watching, at, we're watching on YouTube, go check it out on Facebook, see if it plays for you. Um, let me know if there's any, still issues there. All right. God be with you all. We'll see you soon. We thank you for listening to this podcast from St. John Evangelical Lutheran Church Sermon Center in Random Lake, Wisconsin. If this podcast is of benefit to you, please consider supporting the work of St. John by visiting 
stjohnrandomlake.org, that's stjohnrandomlake.org, slash support, and give today.